All right, listeners, I have to say that I know I say this a lot. I'm really excited about the guest I have today, but I'm really excited about the guest I have today because I know she doesn't know that we're BFFs, but we kind of are. I stalk her on Instagram and I comment on her stuff. And when she comments back, I'm like, she knows that we're BFFs, but I mean, she might not. And then she posted her couch in her new house the other day, and I'm pretty sure she's not going to know when I come and steal it from her. So welcome, Kate. All right. I already forgot, Kate. Kate Basti. Basti. Rhymes with, <laughs> rhymes with nasty. It does rhyme with nasty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should have told me. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I just got so well, excited about that intro that I totally forgot. So, Kate Basti. Hey. Well, thank you so much for having me. And, yes, we are total BFF. We are. We totally are. We just don't live anywhere near each other or, I mean, don't give me, it's so funny. I was talking to um, Sandra Clemens the other day and I was like, girl, you can call me or text me anytime. She's like, don't tell me that I'll text you all the time. And I'm like, no, it's really okay. And she's like, serious. I was like, permission given. <laughs> yeah. So don't give me your phone number. I might text you a lot. Well, you already have it too late. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes I don't know if this is like your home number or your real number. But, you know, I mean, who at our age has a real home number? Not many of us. Yeah, not many. Yeah. Although I threatened my oldest daughter. I was like, I'm going to get a home phone because she wants a phone. And I'm like, I'm going to get a home phone and I'm going to put it on the wall in the kitchen. And then your friends can call you. But guess what? You'll have to talk in there because it's going to have a cord and you can sit on the bench and I'll hear all of your conversations. She's like, Mom, you wouldn't. And I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, totally would. Absolutely no privacy. No, none. Not at all. And she, then she'll figure out what a cordless phone is and think that she had hit heaven. <laughs> it's my evil plan as a mom <laughs> nice um all right Kate I want to get to know a little bit I mean I know everything about you because we're BFFs but tell the <laughs> listeners a little bit about you and kind of how you got were you always a creative kid and then how did that work into sewing so I would say I've always been artistic uh, as a child, I was always kind of in the advanced art classes. Uh, I took, you know, summer art classes. I always enjoyed drawing and painting and mixed media and collage. Um, but, you know, I, I did not start sewing until, honestly, until 2010. And I'll get to that. But um, I was surrounded by by my parents that were both crafty. Um, my mother, since time I can remember she was um a rug hooker so she did um uh I don't know if you know what rug hooking is yes. but um little strips of wool yeah you know a little hook that she punches through a burlap um design and uh, she learned that and she tried to teach me that when I was a child and it didn't take I didn't have the patience um my father was actually craftier than my mother, believe it or not. And he was into any kind of craft he could get his hands on. But he was also the kind of guy who, um, as soon as he learned a, a little craft or trade, he would then move on because he wanted to know as many as he could. Oh, wow. Um, and as soon as he understood how to do it and he was good at it, he was always a natural at it, uh, he would just move right on to the next thing. So um, I grew up watching him uh, weave baskets 
he had a full-sized loom like it took up our entire parlor room and he would weave um he took up lace making as did my mother they they learned that together um but neither one of i know they 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 just loved all the old-time crafts um but none of those ever took with me i've made a basket i know how to weave a little bit i've forgotten now but i used to um and I even did bobbin lace making just like them, but none of it ever really uh, grabbed hold. I, I didn't love it. And I grew up around lots of, of antique quilts, and um, they definitely had an appreciation for old quilts. So I saw them. I lived with them on my bed, you know, my entire childhood. But um, I just never grew up around seamstresses or, or people that quilted. So um, it really wasn't until 2008 when we moved um, to Ohio from Maryland that I took a job uh, at an in-house design firm. And, of course, half the time, I would say like 70% of the time I actually worked and did my job. And I did it well. (laughs) I was efficient. Um, And the other 30%, I was reading blogs because back in 2007, 2008, that was kind of like a a major heyday for blogs. And so um, as long as I didn't get caught, I really enjoyed that. Um, (laughs) And and I'm not sure if you're familiar with Alicia Paulson. Um, I think her blog name is Posey Gets Cozy or or something like that. Yep. And she posted um, a beautiful patchwork quilt. And it was just beautiful. The colors, it was like lemonade colors, yellow and pink. And and it just really struck me. And I started kind of looking online at, at other quilts that I had found in blogs and, and looking at the fabrics. And I came across Anna Maria Horner's name and her fabrics. And I knew nothing about sewing, but I knew I had to get my hands on her fabric and, and do something with it. So literally for the first year from 2008 to 2009, I just started buying fabric Um, and I didn't do anything with it except for look at it and store it away and um, just kind of kept mulling over. Okay, how do I go about learning how to sew? And a year later, I bought a machine. I bought my first little finger machine from Joann's and uh, I let it sit in a box for a year because I was too intimidated to actually try sewing. I didn't know where to start. Yeah. Um, And and there wasn't like, there was, you know, like back in that, those years, like there was not the YouTube and all of that that there is today. Yeah. No, not, not at all. And I, I was really lost. I knew nobody that sewed that could teach me. Um, and it really took my husband saying, hey, you still have a sewing machine in a box <laughs> over in the corner. And fabric. Not touched. <laughs> yes. Um, how about we try this? And bless his heart, he was the one that actually got out the little, you know, DVD that came with the machine. And we popped it in the DVD player and watched kind of how to set up the machine and get it threaded. And he pretty much held my hand the whole time. And I made a, a patchwork pillow for my mother for Mother's Day uh, in 2010. And that was the first project that I made. And he stood by me the whole time, making sure I was cutting everything right and, and was just really my moral support. And um, we, you know, the pillows kind of uh, right side out or right side in. Um, and so we really didn't know 
if if it was going to turn out. And we kind of looked at each other, and I, at the end, turned the pillow right side out, and lo and behold, it looked decent. (laughs) (laughs) And we were both shocked, and it really just um, took off from there. I just loved it. And for about a year, I made pillows. Uh, and buntings and um, just little house household items. Uh, but it wasn't until 2013 that I made my first quilt. So um, I'm kind of new to this. I've only been quilting about five years. So I, I'm still learning. <laughs> okay. That is amazing because I never would have thought that you've only been sewing for five years. Serious. Well, you know, once it once it took hold, it's all I want to do, as you know this. Yes. It's all you want to do. And um, I sew every day that I can. Yeah. So, but I, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. And every day I learn something new. And I think that that, that is okay. Like, that is good. The people... That I always wonder, like, oh, I, I just know, you know, like, I know it all. I can't learn from anybody. I don't want to take a class. I'm like, anytime I, not, I don't even have to be in a class. Like, I mean, from the podcast, I learn stuff. I mean, I learn new and different things all of the time from other, you know, creatives. And that could mm-hmm. be just a more efficient way to do what I already know how to do, but they do it more efficiently and it saves me time or just a new technique or whatever. So, the learning, I think it's so good to not end. I think it, I think it's good to always have that open mind of I'm still learning. Exactly. I totally agree. I love that your fabric came first though. Like even before the machine, you were like, the fabric is it. (laughs) Yep. I just hoarded it. I had quite the stash. It took two years uh, before I actually sewed anything. And I had a huge stash uh, and my husband really, I, I was going to be in deep trouble if I didn't start making something. <laughs> He's like, what is this? Are we decorating with a uh, cabinet right. full of fabric? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, well, and, you know, speaking of your husband, um, when you moved into your new house recently, you posted that you walked into your new sewing space and it just didn't feel right. Like you just didn't feel like the flow was right. Something was off. And... I think so often we do feel that way and we just keep going because we don't know how to fix it. But I love that you talked to your husband about it and he was like, all right, let's go to Ikea. And you got the island, which my husband's about to build me. I I got closet case patterns has a like a it's almost like your island, but you you make it out of two befores and some other stuff and it's on rollers. So I'm going to do the same thing so I can stand and sew. Um, but that you, you talked about that process. You talked about like, it wasn't okay. And then I worked on it and now I feel a lot better about it. Um, so I want to know all about that. Tell me all about it. (laughs) Well, um, I now have my first ever actual sewing room. Um, my little studio is in our basement, which is, it's a very finished basement. We just bought a 1957 ranch. So the downstairs is just as big as the upstairs and it's for the most part finished. So, um, my little sewing studio has, um, a great big open space. Um, it's nicely new carpeted, fresh white paint. It even has its own bathroom, uh, which is a little sketchy. I will be honest, um, (laughs) but, but it works, um, and, um, you know, I, I, it took a long time to kind of get this sewing space set up just how I wanted. I had a vision in my head 
And it just wasn't happening. And we kept making trips to Ikea for more shelving and more cabinets. And it, and it looks beautiful, but it just wasn't clicking. And I finally decided uh, the other day that I just, I needed to sew again. It had been almost two months and sewing for me really centers me and grounds me. And so I decided I really just need it. And so I tried to sew and I had our old Ikea kitchen table from when um, we first moved in together, our first apartment. And, and this little table I thought would work. And I was trying to use what we had and it just didn't, it was too short of a table. And I was hunched over trying to sew since I stand while I sew and my back was killing me and, and it just wasn't working. And um, also the workspace, my setup, it just wasn't flowing right. And part of that is because it's a new space. And, and I realize it, it's going to take a little time to get used to a new workspace. Um, but I just knew it was off. And I knew the biggest problem was I needed a taller table. And so I almost broke down in tears and frustration um, that first day sewing this week. And um, I went upstairs and I, I told my husband, I said, this is not going to work for me. And I really need it to work for me. This is so important to my well-being. Uh, and I said, I know the solution and I really just need your blessing uh, to go and spend the money and to, to do this. And as you know, just we were talking a few minutes ago that, um, you know, right now we just bought the house and we're in the middle of getting ready to close on our old house. And so we're pinching pennies right now. And I really hated to ask him to spend more money at this point. Yeah. But bless his heart, he did not even bat an eyelash. He just said, let's go to Ikea. And um, we just went right there. We looked it up. We didn't even walk through the showcase to look at it. Just knew right where the, the bin in the aisle was. And we picked it up and he came right home and he built it. And um, I love Ikea, by the way. Oh, like no. high stakes Legos. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's so fun to put together. Um, and he put it together and it's, it's a dream. It's perfect height nice kind of butcher block um, top to it. It's perfect. I can sew and I can cut at my new new island and um, it just works. And I'm still getting used to the flow. I still ram my hip into the corner of things constantly because I, I move a lot, around a lot when I sew. I like to stand because I have a bad leg from pregnancy issues. And so it hurts to actually sit and sew. Um, so I've, I've always stood when I sew. Uh, but I'm also on the go a lot. I have a cutting station and an ironing station, and I'm just constantly moving when I'm sewing. So uh, it's slowly coming together, and um, I'm I'm loving it. I love it. It's it's not perfect. There's a lot of finessing to this studio space that still needs to happen, but it's getting there, and it's it's really fun because it's slowly becoming that space that I envisioned for so long of what I've, I've always wanted. So it's really, really exciting. And at least now I can sew happily without being frustrated. And um, I'm feeling super inspired these days now that I'm, I'm finally back into a sewing room and uh, I kind of don't know what to tackle first. <laughs> yeah. And I like that feeling. Like I, I think sometimes it's hard for me, like you said, to kind of get your, your footing in the new space and kind of how your flow is going to work and where everything's going to be most comfortable, but man, to, mm -hmm. to walk away and then to come back and then like you got the Island and you're like, okay, this is, this does help. And then, like you said, it's hard to pick out that one thing because you just get so back into that creative spirit. It hits you and, and it's fun and it, it, 
sometimes I think walking away and having that awayness almost energizes you to like the nth degree. Yes. And can I just say Instagram, I've been trying to keep up with Instagram and all my buddies on there um, throughout this whole move process. And I have lived vicariously through all of these talented makers that I follow um, that they have just been endless sources of inspiration. So everything from color palettes um, and fabric pulls to, you know, new quilt patterns. Um, I'm just, it's almost like a inspiration overload yes. right now. And, yeah. and it's, I, I just want to tackle so much. So um, a big shout out and thank you to to all the the cultures that I follow because they're just they're incredible they're absolutely incredible. I have to say that nothing makes me happier than to see the new shops that are out um, that do fabric pulls. I mean, and then mm-hmm. you look at their fabric pulls and you're like, oh my gosh, I never would have put those together. But holy cow, that is like amazing. And I love, yes. I love a good fabric pull. Me too. <laughs> I do. Me too. And then I, I, I look at it and I'm like, why didn't I think of that? I that know. is such a fabulous palette. Yeah. Yes, I yep. totally am like that. Now, you're my kind of girl because you're not afraid of color at all. Like you're not afraid of mixing all the prints, all the colors, all of it at one time, or just really honing it down and, and having something really specific. Um, what is your process like when you sew? Do you kind of have a plan going in or do you um, kind of improv it or do you do a little bit of mixture of both? Do you know, um, I guess maybe a mixture of both. Um, I often don't plan my projects. Um, I, I kind of see something somewhere, whether it's out while I'm at Target, you know, uh, shopping, um, something in the environment or something on Instagram, uh, something will hit me and it will inspire me. Maybe it's a color palette. Maybe it's a pattern that I see on Instagram. Um, and, and I just kind of, there's a spark that happens and I get myself into trouble because I, I have like 30 projects going at any one time. Uh, and I just kind of work on what I feel like working on each day. But, um, I, I usually see something that sparks an interest. And, um, and then I just kind of, I, I usually have some kind of prints or um, a color that I really want to work with. And I just start there and I build and I build my color palette. I build my fabric pull. Um, and, and I just go from there. I, I know a lot of people will sketch a quilt or maybe um, color, you know, a, a pattern coloring page and kind of lay it out. And I don't, I don't do any of that. I don't have the patience for that. I just want to like dig in and start cutting. And, and so I guess, you know, usually there's a vision in my head of what I'm going for. And, and sometimes I miss the mark, but for the most part, it, it kind of finds its way after I start. Um, so it just kind of grows. I never even know how big my quilts are going to be. I just start making and I'm like, oh, well, you know, 56 inches is a good size. <laughs> and I just kind of stop or I'll get tired of a project and I'll just kind of be like, oh, you know, I'll make this a pillow or uh, a wall hanging. So it just varies. Yeah. I don't sketch it. I mean, I can sketch out like what the block will look like. But as far as like color planning, I'm terrible mm-hmm. at color planning. I mean, <laughs> I don't 
I don't plan where the colors are going to go in the quilt. I just say, oh, I think these will all look great together. And then I just start sewing like that. For me, it just helps me to dive right in and, and kind of get it out. Like, that's how I feel yes. a lot of times. Like, I just need to get it out. Um, See, this is, this. we're simpatico. This is why we're BFF. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one thing that I love that you do is you have charity blocks every month. And I really wanted that to be in our conversation because I think that, number one, it's amazing that you do this. And, and number two, I just, it's amazing. Like, that. that is one to, like, infinity. It's just amazing. And I love that you do it. I want to know why you started this and how you come up with the charities and how people can contribute. All And, I mean, like, the blocks are amazing. I love what you do in this, in, um, in this the whole fundraising. I, I just, I want to know all about it. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, this all kind of started, I hesitate. Um, I, this is, it really does not have to do with politics in any way. Uh, it really doesn't. It, it more has to do with um, kind of the, the, what's happening in our country, the divisiveness. Um, and really, I, I know people say, well, you, you can't take the politics out of it. And it is a, a big part of it. But for me, it has nothing to do with politics. It is just a matter of, you know, everybody is so divided right now. And there are so many people that, that need our help out there. Um, and so I, I just felt a real strong need. Um, I guess this was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. I, I, can't, I don't even know how long I've been doing <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think about a year and a half and I just decided, you know, my little crafty shop, I, I get sales, but it's, it's nothing huge. I mean, I never set out to make money from patterns. Um, and it, it's enough that, that it's nice. Uh, if I wanted to to have a little profit, you know, but um, I just don't need it. And it, it's not something that I really need. I just wanted to put patterns out there. And so I just decided, you know, why not um, choose at least one pattern? And a lot of times I'll put all the patterns up for, for charity. Um, and just every month, you know, decide on a local um, community nonprofit organization that I can donate this little amount of money uh, each month and change it up so we can spread the love. And um, it's just, it's kind of taken off. I mean, I'm kind of shocked. You know, people keep purchasing my patterns. And I try to, I try to not inundate, you know, my Instagram feed with, oh, please buy a pattern, please buy a pattern, help, you know, for charity. Um, I just, I just announce it at the beginning of the month and then I announce, you know, how much we raised at the end of the month. But um, it's just really important to me. It's, um, there's, it's hard to put into words. Um, I would say I've had a really strong need to help people ever since my father passed in 2012. Uh, that was like a light bulb uh, moment for me, really. Um, it just put so much of life in perspective. And I just have felt this need to, to give back and to help in any way I can. And, you know, it started out with charity quilts in his honor. And then I thought, but I need to do something locally, too. And so that's kind of where that came out of is just do something good in this world. Even if it's $50 to this little local charity, 50 bucks is is 
something, yeah. you know, to somebody, it will do some good. So um, it's just, it's, it's a deep need within me to give back. And just, just to, um, I've never really talked about this on Instagram, but I always round up. So it's not just uh, those who purchase my patterns, you know, I send their money off to the charity of the month, but I also donate each month on top of it. So um, it's, it's both like, you know, it's, it's kind of Instagram as a whole, you know, everybody that, that has bought a pattern and donated in that way, I'm donating to, and together we're really doing some good in my local community. So, um, I appreciate it each and every sale. I get the emails that come in and it just wows me every time that people are willing to help support these local causes. So, yeah, I really love it. And, you know, I think that it is, a light on Instagram for me. It's a light to see when you post like, okay, this is um, the block for this month and then how much you raised. I don't know. There's Mm -hmm. just something about it. And, and the blocks are amazing. I mean, it's not that you're just doing generic things. I mean, these are really phenomenal blocks that took you a lot of time to design um, and come up with. I mean, it's just, it, I love it. Like, I, I really think that you, have really tapped into something that is really special and it is important to give back and, you know, do it in your own way. I don't think giving back looks the same for everybody and you found your way to do it, you know? Yep. 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 I I like to think of it as using my superpowers for good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, using this passion, I get so much out of this, this passion, this sewing hobby that um, it, it feels a little selfish not to, put something back out into the world yeah. you know I get so much from it that I I, I don't know it, it's just important to me and I and that's true I mean I think that we all do get so much out of this and it, it's just such a special thing to do um I'm gonna flip that around a little bit and talk about yeah. like you don't only just so um on your machine like you are a fierce fussy cutter and a fierce hand sewer girl like when you post these blocks I'm like that girl seriously you blow me away with number one your fussy cutting I love it but number two how you put things together it it just is like you posted one um oh I was trying to look it up while you were talking a minute ago but it was like I don't know if it was astronauts or bears or something, but it all looked like they were holding hands. Oh, it's the cats with the, um, and they're little astronauts, but it kind of all looks like they're waving and some are holding hands. I'm like, that is the cutest thing ever. And so I just love it. And I never would have thought when I looked at a print like that one to make it go in that block and make it seem so natural to do that. Well, I, I will be honest. Some of that is just pure happy accident. <laughs> I, I do try to plan a bit when I fussy cut, but um, sometimes when I'm done assembling a block, I'll think, oh, wow, that worked out really cool. I didn't mean for that to happen. That's a bonus. <laughs> so um, some of that is planned and some of it is just accidental, you know, um, it, a lot of my fabrics look like Swiss cheese. That's the only downside to so much fussy cutting. Um, and sometimes I'll go and pull a fabric and it will just be holier <laughs> than holy. And I think, oh, I've just kind of ruined this for future projects. 
Um, but you know, I also kind of believe life is short and if it's cute, fussy cut it, you know, what is there to lose? Um, so it's, it's fun. And, and it's really, I, I've grown as a fussy cutter. It used to just be, oh, cute little novelty print. Um, oh, that's easy to fussy cut. But now I really look at um, even blenders because yeah. you can fussy cut certain parts of blenders and they will take on a whole nother, um, a, a whole nother shape. I mean, it's incredible what some of these uh, prints can, can look like when they're assembled that way. Um, and then I, I do, I will say I cheat a little. My husband is like a genius uh, when it comes to, he's, he's a web designer and developer. And um, I always joke that if he didn't have a heart of gold, he would be a hacker <laughs> because he's, just, he's kind of a, a genius when it comes to web stuff and, um, and computers. And um, he created this little, I don't know what you would call it, but he, he can, he, he pulls in images from fabric shops. You know, he'll pull an image off of shop site of a fabric print and um, he can input it into this, this little design that he's created and turn it and rotate it and see it in a mirror image and how that could look. So that actually will help me to see, oh, this is a great little blender, but how, how do I make this really exciting? And I can use this little creation of his to, um, to see how that would look. So he, he's, I will tell you, my husband is far more involved in this quilting hobby of mine than anybody would ever suspect. <laughs> I love He's, it. Yep. Well, we need to give him a shout out. Shout out to Kate's <laughs> husband because um, you're pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. He's, he's pretty cool most of the time. <laughs> I know because you take, like you said, like stripes. I mean, Listen, I don't fussy cut a lot, but how you make stripes kind of go in a pattern and then how you take, um, like you said, the blenders and, and you, you make them almost move when, mm -hmm. which block is this? What is it? The, um, pie in the sky? Yeah. Is that the one uh -huh. that I'm thinking about? Yes, correct. It, you kind of make it have movement. I think that is what I love about it because you fussy cut them to make them to make my eye move around the block. It's not just a, it's not just fabric there. Well, thank you. That's a, a big compliment. Um, yeah, it's it's like I said though. Half the time, it's kind of accidental. A, a lot of blocks turn out better than than I actually mean for them to be. Um, I'm, I, sometimes I'm really kind of shocked um, how something will work. Um, but it, yeah, it's, um, I, I like my blocks to have personality. I, I like them to have a theme. I, sometimes I think, you know, oh, wouldn't it be easier if you just maybe gave it up a little bit and just had fun and quit thinking so, uh, so much about the details, you know, and trying to come up with clever combinations. Um, sometimes that gets to be a little bit of a, a chore at times. And so um, I, I sometimes figure, oh, just put some pretty colors together. Just find a pretty combo. But it's just when I make those, I'm not happy <laughs> with them. It's not enough. So I'm constantly, um, it's kind of like a, a little inner struggle, I think, as I create. It is so amazing, though. For someone who... Like, I don't think like that. My brain, that it, that is, 
just not up there in my brain to think that way. So when I see, um, I was looking at your Instagram trying to pull that up. And then I noticed like you have the block that has the monkeys and then the bananas. And it's like, I mean, it just, like you said, it has personality. Like it, it has this story to it that makes so much sense. So I love that because I think that is your personality and you can tell when you look at your blocks that that is. So then when that quilt is finished, it says you, it says who you are. So have you finished any of the, um, any of the hand, um, projects that you've been working on? Cause you have several different going out at the same time, which yes. baffles me yes. how you can do this. Um, I think I've only finished, uh, maybe two EPP projects. Um, and I have uh, so many of them that I've started even a few years ago. Some of them are several years old. Um, I'm really bad about finishing projects. Now I, I always do eventually finish, but it's, it's, usually a marathon it's it's never a sprint so I get too distracted um so yeah I have a pile sitting over here of of mainly EPP projects and um I just kind of switch back and forth I get a little bored with one so I'll switch to another one and then I'll work on that for a while and then I'll get bored and I'll move on so um you know, sometimes I feel bad. I'm like, I really should finish that. Oh, you know, look, she's, you know, I'll look at somebody on Instagram and, oh, they've finished their La Paso, you know, and, oh, it's amazing. I should really finish mine. But then, you know, I get to working on it and it's maybe not what's interesting to me at the moment. So um, it, I just, I've learned rather than, than fight it, you know, um, if, if I make myself work on a project that I'm not really into at the moment, I struggle. I really fight it. And so I've learned just to go with the flow. And every day I wake up and I think, okay, what do I want to make today? And that's what I work on because that's what will, will really keep my creative juices flowing. Yeah. And I think that that's good that you give yourself the grace to say, it's okay if I don't finish. It's okay to work on that, you know, when it inspires me and when it doesn't. That That's okay to walk away from it. I think so often, you know, especially Instagram for me makes me think I have to do, do, do and go all the time and finish things and be in a rush. And I like that you give yourself permission to not do that, to kind of go with your creative flow, um, which is hard for me. But I love that you do that. And it's inspiring to me to to see you post that and it not be I'm posting a finished project all the time. No, I'm posting things that I'm working on and it might not be the same thing, you know, all the time. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, as far as Instagram goes, it's, it's tricky. Instagram, you know, I love it. It is a great source of community and inspiration. But um, as you, I'm sure, know, I mean, you can so easily compare yourself to others yeah. and, and how much somebody is getting done. And sometimes there are wonderfully talented quilters out there, and they just, like, knock out projects one after the other. And I think, do they ever eat? Like, yeah. Stop <laughs> yeah. and go to the restroom. Like, what are they doing? Um, and, you know, for a long time, I really – struggled with this feeling of a need to keep up yeah uh with that and um it's impossible it's impossible because there's always somebody out there that's putting out something what you deem better or faster or uh, more creative and so it's impossible to keep up with that um 
So it's been a real, real learning curve for me to just let go and to just kind of go with the flow and what I want to tackle and at my own pace. Um, and there are certainly days that I still hear that little voice that's like, oh, you're not keeping up. You're not keeping up. Um, but I, I try to drown it out. That's I just have learned to kind of push that little voice aside and just keep going with what I want to do. So there's definitely a huge learning curve there. Yeah, I I love that you do that. I mean, it's so important to, I think, for our creativity to just push it out and to do what works for us. Um, mm -hmm. because it can be so stifling. It can be to the point where you just want to walk away because you're just so stuck. Um, yes. I mean, really just, just walk away because it just seems like too much. One thing I love about your Instagram is, um, and everything that you do, um, you just have this look, this really clean look where you have the white background and your blocks and your blocks are always fun and colorful. Um, and I know so many makers, I don't think that you do this, but I am kind of interested, but so many makers like know, like plan out their Instagram. Are you just a show what you're making in the moment kind of person, or do you kind of plan it out and know what you want the look of your Instagram to be? Well, I am a person who, um, every so often I'll look at my feed and I just kind of visually take it in. How's it look? You know, is it, is it too crazy? You know, sometimes I will go back and I'll curate it a little bit. I'll delete okay. something that's a little older. Um, yeah, truth be told, I, I do that. Um, but I, I'm also a person, I don't like to post the same project every day. And so, which, which works for me because I don't have the attention span to work on the same thing every day. <laughs> so, um, it just works out, but, um, yeah, I like to try to post something kind of new and fresh each day. Um, and you know, I try to, I try to give everything hashtags so that, you know, it, um, they can click on the hashtag for that quilt and kind of see how it's evolved. Um, because I do switch around a lot. Um, but I, 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 I sometimes plan out my Instagram post, uh, not to a great degree. Um, I try to post at least once a day through the week. Now, weekends, I used to post on weekends too, and I decided, you know what, it's stressful to try to keep up with posting daily. So I gave myself weekends off. Um, but sometimes on the weekends, I'll play a little catch-up, and I'll try to get a few blocks done. And so I'll kind of get a few things kind of in a row, get my ducks in a row, so that I have some things ready to post through the week um, so that I'm not, you know, doing a mad dash on a Monday morning trying to figure out what am I going to post today? Um, but everything that I do post is timely and it's, it's current. It may be that I worked on a, on a project, you know, the day before, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I just, I just kind of there again, I go with the flow, but um, I do curate it from time to time just to keep it looking fresh and uh you know, something different each day. I do that. I, I kind of got a weird message on one of my kid pictures. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I went back and kind of took off. And my kids, I talk to them openly about this. Like they all say, Mom, are you going to post that on Instagram? So now uh -huh. I don't post anything without asking them. Um, uh -huh. But I took their faces off. I, I do have their faces on there, but I kind of try and be mindful of that. Yeah. So I yeah. do, it's hard because I do want to post about them. And I mean, a lot of people that listen to the podcast or follow me know that they're there, but it, I have to find a happy medium. Right. 
Right. Yeah, I I used to post more photos of Jane. Um, and then I, that was before I got um, a decent number of, of follows. And um, and then I started getting the weird um, – I know they're bots for the most part, but the men. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you've been inundated yeah. with the men uh, and kind of the creeps. Um, and, you know, I try to catch all those. I, I, I check every day, like, any new follows I get. If they're, if they're odd, if they're companies that have nothing to do with quilting, if they're the men or the bots, you know, I, I block them every mm-hmm. day. Um, yeah, but, you know, you can't catch a mole. And so um, I, I, a few years ago, decided, you know, I really am not going to post about Jane. And if I do post, I don't leave it up for very long. Or it's a photo where you can't really see her face. Um, and, and that's purely, I would love to post about Jane. She is my biggest inspiration in life. Um, and she's such a huge part of my life. Um, but I just am, am kind of petrified in this day and age to really put much about her out there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really hard line to walk. It is. Um, yeah, it's, it's um, you know, that mama bear in me. I'm just a little... I'm, and I will admit, I'm a bit of a helicopter parent, so <laughs> it's just a little bit hard for me to put much about her out there. So I totally understand what you're talking about. Yeah, and it's really, I mean, my youngest those all the time, and, you know, I do want to, and slimes all the time, I do put her in my stories with her slime, which, by the way, she won four blue ribbons for her slime at the fair yesterday. She was oh, so awesome. stinking happy. <laughs> But so sweet. I mean, they, she is my creative kid. She is always doing something. I'm thinking, I mean, I know that other people want to see this for their kids. Like I want to encourage Mm -hmm. people to be creative with their kids, but then it's like, Oh, it's such a hard balance. Um, to do that but how totally going back to the Instagram post, like, okay, your white background, is that just like a white foam board? Do you know what I use? I use a, um, canvas. I use just a white stretched canvas. I think I probably got it from Blick Art Materials. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, I just I use a white canvas. You know, a lot of people use, like, an editing program or an app um, for their photos, and I don't. I If I edit my photos, um, it really is just the basic Instagram. You know how before you post, Instagram has, like, you can change the brightness. Me too. The, That's you know, all I do. <laughs> That's all I do. Yeah, and... You know, um, sometimes I, I use, there is an app, and I forget what it's called, Rana, I think. Yeah, Rana um, It's kind of an older, yeah, it's an older app. And I only use, like, the free basic stuff. But sometimes if I want, like, a crisp edge, you know, I will give it, uh, the uh, like, a white border around it if I can't get uh, my canvas lighting to be quite right. So um, that's about it. As far as, as color and whatnot, you know, I try not to do filters or or, you know, major app editing or anything. I like that. I, I do the same thing. I don't really edit anything other than, you know, going into Instagram, which I think does a great job. I really wish that there was something on the computer where when you uploaded your pictures, there was something easy like that, where you just drag it Mm -hmm. over. I mean, even PicMonkey isn't as easy (laughs) as the Instagram is. Um, yeah. So I, I use that a lot and I think it does a great job to get brightness and stuff. Um, but gosh, I never thought about using a canvas. That's a good idea. You could even put a, uh, light, it's not a light box, but, um, 
oh, what is it that you use when you want a paper piece or fussy cut? Um, I guess it is a light box. A light box, yeah. yeah. I you can put right. it behind yep. it. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know, the big, the big thing, everybody asks me, a lot of people ask me, how do you get such bright light photos? Lighting. <laughs> get yourself, if you want a white background, get a canvas, get something, you know, nice, light and bright, even a poster board. Go get a white poster board. And just, I, I carry my canvas around the house looking for just the right spot where the lighting is perfect, you know, I try to do natural light, but if, if it's not possible, you know, then just pick a nice bright spot in your kitchen or wherever and set it on the floor and take that photo and you'd be surprised how nice they'll turn out. Yeah. So good lighting, good lighting is key. <laughs> there are one really good room for lighting is our stinking bathroom and it is so narrow <laughs> and I get so mad. I tell my husband all the time, like, I just want to just make this really big. It's the only good light. Like, I need to take pictures in here, and it's really hard to hang a quilt in a bathroom because you can't get a picture because it's too narrow. Yeah. It's, yeah. I live in a dungeon. I have trees all around my house, so it's, there is one window that gets really good bright light, and it's stinking <laughs> is in there, but... I I, love, I think that's a great tip, though, to do the canvas and um, to find the right light, and then you can get that real good background. Did you paint it, or is it just a white canvas that you've done nothing it to? Is, it is just white, yeah. It's even got, like, little scratches and marks on it now that I, I try to cover up, you know, <laughs> so it doesn't show in the photo. Yeah, I haven't painted it. So, yeah, just um, – and canvases are pretty cheap. You know, you can go to – most little craft stores and and find a good canvas oh so, yeah and a few bucks yeah get use your coupon at michael's or joanne's hobby lobby exactly. yeah you can do that oh i love that tip i never would have thought that you used a canvas um yep. all right so fabric i kind of like i'm gonna ask you all the things when i look at your feed that i want to know um fabric <laughs> do you buy fabric for projects or do you just buy fabric because you can't live without it and I think I already know this. I mean, you bought it a year before you even got the machine. Yeah, it's basically because I can't live without it. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'll go to a shop uh, and I'll see something, um, a little print that I think, oh, that would be perfect for EPP. And I'll, you know, I'll buy like a fat quarter or a half yard. Um, but usually I buy fabric based on, oh, my gosh, this is an amazing line. I have to have it. Um, now, I will say I think most people would be maybe shocked when I see other people's stashes on Instagram, I, I think people tend to buy yardage and I have never been that way. Like I have a ton of fabric. It's, it's kind of ridiculous and embarrassing. Um, but to my defense, it's all like fat quarters and half yards at max. Rarely ever will I buy yardage. So I have a lot of variety of fabric because I, I just, I love it. If, if it's got a great color or if it's got a great print, you know, I'll find a use for it. Um, but, I, yeah, I have a great variety, but it's it's um, minimal amounts of yeah. each fabric. So, yeah. How do you store it? Um, I have IKEA cabinets, which they don't make anymore. But the closest thing, I, and I never know how to pronounce IKEA names. I know, right? <laughs> They're ridiculous. It's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> the Calix? Kalax, I don't know oh, what yeah. it is. Um, yeah, and here's the thing. It's pretty close to those. I have three of the um, two-by-four uh, cube 
um, bookcases. And what I've done, I have found that at the container store, you can go buy their sweater bins that are clear, translucent. Um, and two of the sweater bins will fit perfectly into each cube. And so over the years, I've bought like a ton of those sweater bins. So I just have them in these cubes and uh, a ton of bins and it keeps them nice and fresh. You know, I kind of love seeing when people have all their fabric stacked and it's, you know, out in, out in the air, and, you know, it's not in a bin and it looks so great, but, you know, being in the basement, it gets a little, you know, dusty and, and a little dank sometimes. And so it has to be in a bin for me, but yeah. um, it works. It works really well. Do you color coordinate um, so, or do you do uh, by, by like uh, designer? I do by my favorite designers. So like I'm sitting here right next to my, my stash wall. Um, so it's like Anna Maria and Tula and Heather Ross, um, Allison Glass, Lizzie House, Cotton and Steel, Leah Duncan. Um, I'll, I'll coordinate, you know, boxes by designer first. And then everything else falls into rainbow order. So, you know, reds through yellows in one bin and greens and blues in one. So, and it kind of has changed because as I grow a stash, you know, it has to kind of move. But, um, yeah, and a, a bin for flannels and a bin for um, double gauze and, you know, different kinds of substrates. So, it's, I, it, I don't know. It works for me. For, for some reason, it works for my brain, but I don't know that it would be how everybody organizes their, their stash. Well, and I think that is an important thing to say, is that it works for you and your workflow. And I think that mm -hmm. everybody is probably going to be different in that, you know, like what works for you to how to set it up. I did mine, I kept designers together, but I did pull out, you know, like some what I didn't need to keep in a bundle and put it in color order, which mm -hmm. is very pretty to look at. And it does help me oh, when yeah. I'm working on a project that I can just go pull it out. But um, one thing that I love that I think that you do a really awesome job at is you say that you have it all by designers, but I feel like you mix up fabric so well. Like I don't feel like you make projects with just one line very often. Yeah, it, I kind of go back and forth. Um, I am like this morning, I just started a project um, and it's all um, Road Trip by Allison Glass. And I bought like four charm packs because my husband was like, please don't buy any bundles. Please don't, <laughs> don't buy any major fabric now because we're pinching our pennies until the house sells. Um, and so, you know, I think I posted this like, yeah, what do you do you when did. he says no bundles? <laughs> well, you buy charm packs. So, um, you know, I, I didn't know what to tackle today. I have so many ideas. So I just, I pulled out the charm packs and I'm starting a, a patchwork quilt, just simple, easy peasy. Um, and so, yeah, you know, sometimes I will do just one line and, and sometimes it's gorgeous because a line has been curated for you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's beautiful as it is. Um, and you don't need anything else. So sometimes it's nice not to have to think like, oh, you know, what color palette do I want to go with? Um, so for sake of ease and, and quick um, projects, sometimes that's great. But, yeah, I, I kind of go back and forth between mixing it up and sticking with a line. It depends. If I really love a line, then I want only that. 
Yeah. Like even for backing, I'm really weird in that even the backing, I'll spend a, a fortune and get my favorite print out of the line for my backing. So, um, you know, it just, it depends. I'm the same way. I really do like, I, I like both. I really like scrappy. I actually, my mom has, she's always sewn, but I have gotten her back into quilting. So she will do it as long as I cut out everything and show her one block and then tell her how to do it and she can do the rest. But we do scrappy really well. So if I do scrappy, sometimes I will let my mom help me with that. But if I do a line, sometimes that's something that I do. But I uh-huh. really like to keep lines together. Sometimes I'll throw maybe a solid that coordinates in there or maybe like a gingham yeah. or something. But I I love it because like you said, they've been curated to all go together and, and work well together, play well together. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm a big, um, I, yeah, there are some designers that I never can split their things up. Like, it's just like, exactly. it's like sending their kids to, to different homes. I can't do that. Yes, exactly. No, I totally 100% get that. Yeah. yeah. For me, that's, um, that's typically like Heather Ross. Yeah. Her, her lines are just so specific. Yeah. You know, they're so different from so many other designers that a lot of times I can't split that up. Yeah. It's weird. No, I totally get it. She is so that way with me. Um, what about, um, <laughs> that is so funny that that you totally just got that I said that I didn't want to split their kids up and send them to different yeah. homes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, what about just um, like quilting? Do you quilt your own quilts or do you send them out to be quilted or do you like, how, what, how do you do that? Okay. So um, I quilt all my own quilts. Now, they are not the most beautifully quilted quilts. Like, I am one that typically does echo quilting or, you know, just straight line or wavy line. I'm pretty limited in my quilting abilities. I, in fact, I've never even tried free motion quilting. Um, I want to, and I will one of these days. My machine can do it, um, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, quilting is honestly my least favorite part of the process. Um, I, I know that sounds horrible being a quilter, but, um, it's my least favorite part, but I also, um, am a purist and, and I hope that I don't anger people saying this. Um, I, I know some long armors in my community and I know a bunch on Instagram and they are beyond exceptionally talented. I don't know how they do it. It's, it's like magic to me. Um, but I am a purist that if I've made a quilt, I, I want to quilt it. I want it to be mine. I, when I hand a quilt off to somebody, I want to them to know, or, you know, for at least me to know that it was entirely my project. You know, it was made, um, you know, all of my love put into that project. And that's not to say that I, I disagree with sending quilts out to be long arm, not at all. In fact, there are times that I've thought, oh, like, um, there's um, a quilter locally, Cassandra Beaver, who is the president of our guild uh, in Columbus. Her work is exceptional. It's amazing. And I think, oh, how awesome would it be to have her work, you know, in my quilt? Um, and one of these days I might, I might. And part of it's also financial. You know, it's, it, for me, it's hard to to bite the bullet and, and pay um, to have my quilts quilted when I already am trying to sneak fabric that I've purchased <laughs> into this house. Um, 
but but yeah, for me, a lot of it it just comes down to kind of being a purist, and uh, it's not that I'm against having quilts and out. It's just what I feel personally for myself. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that didn't just anger some of your listeners, but um, I will be the first person to say uh, I do worry when I give quilts away. I worry they'll hold up. You know, I do my best when it comes to quilting. I know it's not perfect, and I know it's not even always the most beautiful but it's um it's you know my love put into every stitch and that's that's important to me so my husband tells me like I I will show him a quilt and I'll go oh but you know this right here and he's like um Stephanie you're the only one that sees that like because you've been so close to it you see that no one else sees that exactly now this is also another reason why I don't get many things finished like I, you know, because I, I don't like the quilting process as much. So a lot of times I'll do a top and I'll be excited about it, but then it goes in a pile because I'm like, Oh, now I have to quilt it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, that's one of the reasons I don't always have a ton of finishes to show um, because it takes me longer. Um, but, but to each their own, I'm yeah. very much like whatever, whatever works for you and whatever you enjoy. I mean, I'm probably a candidate. I should send it out for, for long arming because I really don't like quilting. You know, <laughs> so I probably should do that. And it's okay. Like I, I have just a simple long arm frame set up and it's a lot. I mean, it's, it's just as much as basting a quilt. It's just easier because I'm standing up doing it, but I mean, mm-hmm. you have to pin it on and, excuse me, if you, um, if you do it on your domestic, you have to base it. Like it is, it's not, to me, it is not as fun that process as quilting. I mean, as putting it, piecing it and putting it together and having all the Mm -hmm. fabrics and having the fun. The quilting is not the exciting part for me either. Um, I will say if you can rent a long arm and try it, because I know where you're at, girl. Like, I know where you're at with the free motion quilting on your machine. Mm-hmm. I do not like to free motion quilt on my machine. Now, do I like to do it on the long arm? Yes. It's a totally different movement and headspace. Um, mm-hmm. When yeah. I sew on my domestic, I just straight line. It's just, it's not as comfortable for me. I'm not hand-eye coordinated the same as mm-hmm. I am with the long arm. Does that, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, because you yeah. do have to have hand-eye coordination to do it on your domestic. It, it's right in the pace of it. The, the long arm is it's 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 just a different thing. It's so the movement of it is so different. Yeah. Well, and it's always such a workout. I don't know if it's if I'm just a wimp, but like as soon as I'm quilting a quilt, it's like a whole oh body my gosh, workout. Whole body, and then your shoulders <laughs> hurt. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so I would say if you could um, give it a try because I think that it might mentally change that free motion for you because that's what it did for me. It mentally made me see it in a different way. I still think that way. I still have a really, I can free motion quilt on my domestic now, but I just don't enjoy it like everybody that enjoys it does. I mean, that's okay. That's totally okay. And it's okay to say you don't like the quilting process. Um, Rebecca from Hugs Are Fun, that is our whole, she's like, I will help you. Will You don't have to pay me, but will you quilt my quilts? Because I hate that. I have so many tops. And I'm like, yeah, I will. That's a process that I can do for her. And she's given me something. But yeah, she's the same. She's like, I have all these tops and I hate quilting them. Yeah. (laughs) 
maybe one of these days I will just give in. <laughs> you know, there again, I'm learning constantly and it's, you know, maybe either I'll pick up free motion quilting or, or I'll just give up and say, okay, who can I hire? To yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I get wanting to be a purist too. I, there's just something about saying I made this start to finish. I yeah. thought of you yeah. the whole time I did this and there is something really um, I want to say connecting about it, but that's not the word that I'm really thinking about, but that's the one that's coming to my head, but it makes a connection. You are connecting sure. your passion and your skill with someone else. And I'm very, and I do, I think about, especially if I'm making something for someone in particular, I think about them the whole time and I try and put into that quilt what I, you know, send them good vibes, send them prayers, send them, you yes. know, whatever. That is exactly exactly what I do. I, I make a lot of quilts, but I end up giving most of them away. So um, the majority of them go to charity and then others go to family, you know, for holidays or birthdays. Um, and I keep a few. I keep my favorites, but otherwise it's typically given away. So, um, yeah, and that's part of it. And um, the majority of the quilts I quilt are actually, like I said, for charity and my father's memory. And for me, exactly what you just said, as I'm quilting it and as I'm making it, I'm just constantly either thinking about, you know, him and memories or, you know, the patient that's, you know, this is going to maybe go to. And I do. It's kind of like a meditation. It's like yeah. a prayerful kind of meditation, um, you know, process. Yeah. So, yeah. I just did. Um, so the people who are hosting our our cow, which I know I've posted that on Instagram and they're like, what? Somebody's hosting your cow. My parents have the cow. <laughs> they live 30 minutes from my house. Our friends live five minutes. So they were like, before the fair, you can put your cow over here. So my daughter could go and like work with the cow intensely after school. It was easier. Um, so anyways, they, she had given me a vintage quilt top and it was hand pieced, mm -hmm. but she had washed it several times and she, like months ago, it might have even been last year, she asked me to do this. So it's been in my closet. So I thought, well, as a thank you, I would get that done. And it wasn't perfect when I put it on. I did it on the long arm and just got a regular backing and batting. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't perfect. Like the, the, because it had, I mean, it was vintage and it's handpiece and it had been washed and it was kind of not square. And so, and the, I didn't realize this, but on the, um, only two sides had a border and one border was long. So when I pulled it on the long arm, I had to fold it <laughs> on the long arm and sew it down. So it wasn't perfect, but she, that is not why she wanted that quilt, right? She didn't care that yeah. it was perfect. She wanted that because... Right. It was a part, it was an heirloom in her family that now she can use in a different way. And I think it really taught me a lesson. It really taught me to not worry when I give things away about that perfection mm -hmm. part of it, but instead put the love part of it in there, you know, yep. so much more. Yeah. Yeah. And how cool that you got to be a part of that to, to finish an heirloom for her. That's, you know, that's so special. Yeah, I thought about, like, I thought about those ladies that must have, and she said it was several different people in her family used to get together, and they would make these blocks, and then they made this top, and I thought about uh -huh. them, and I thought, how, they're probably smiling down and going, oh, it's finished, you know, it's finished, yeah. we never knew that right? this person would be in our life, but she is, and she's finishing something that now will be passed down 
to and some of, there were holes in some of the fabric that I just kind of got my long arm and went the thread over it. I didn't patch it uh-huh. um, to kind of yep. secure it down. And I mean, it really was not show worthy. But for her, now it's an heirloom that can be passed down and not worried about falling apart just as much as it was. So yeah, yeah, putting the love into it is is so important. It's so important. Um, okay, we're we're like at an hour, and I thought we were at thirty minutes. that's what happens when you talk to your bff that is what happens that is so crazy that we are already there but i i just i really respect your work and i i think it's hard for me sometimes that this is kind of my business and sometimes i fall out of love with it because it is my business the way that i used to be Mm -hmm. in love with it and when i see your instagram I think that I think I want to be in love with this as much as you are and how you talk about it and how you share your passion. And you also talk about the ups and downs, right? We've talked about mental illness, you and I before. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just the realness. And I love that you talk about that. It's not just you might have a pretty picture, but I think so often we like things and we don't read the posts. I always read your post. I always read because I never, it touches me in different ways. And I know that when you're posting that, sometimes it's scary, you know, maybe when we post those Mm -hmm. mental illness ones, or maybe it's just lighthearted that you needed, you know, a taller workspace to make yourself feel like you want to sew again. Mm -hmm. I cannot encourage listeners enough to follow you, but also to take the time to read what you write because you're, you're a very passionate person and it shows in your work and it's, it's so inspiring to me. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. And I love that you get back. Like I like love that. I love it. You're such a kind person. Um, we need more of the Kates in the world with Basti smelled like, sounds like nasty. <laughs> That's what you you should put that in your you should you should put should. that you should put I should, that should be like right in my top your tagline yes yep <laughs> well I there's like a million other questions that I have for you but listeners are going to be like it's past an hour it's a big download um so we're gonna go to the quick fire questions real quick okay because some of these I I don't know pattern do you use one or wing it. Uh, wing it. Uh, batting. Do you have a preference? Um, wool. Oh, I love when a listener says that they um, <laughs> are out of the box of cotton. Um, we talked about quilting long arm or domestic, and you said you were domestic. Domestic. Uh-huh. Sewing room. Creative mess or clean and organized? Clean and organized. I knew that that was going to be your answer. Um, <laughs> thread, cotton or poly. And let's just say if you read or follow Kate, her daughter calls it Fred. I love Fred. this. My Freds are mostly cotton. Oh, I love that she said that. That was such a sweet post. Um, <laughs> binding, hand or machine? By hand. Um, fabric, solids or prints? Prints. All the way, girl. All the way. Yeah. Um, if you could have any other job other than the one that you have right now, you don't have to be qualified, what would you be? Oh, gosh. Dream job. Um, yeah. I, no, I just want to be what I am. I, I'm starting my new business, and I love it. <laughs> oh, 
I love it. Um, wait, what new business? Well, my husband and I are launching um, our our first uh, ever design firm. He's <gasps> oh. he's he's a web guru, and I'm in the print side. So um, we've teamed up. We talked about this, just so you know. When we met on a metro train, we actually talked about how someday we would start a business. And here we are. We're starting a business. <laughs> wow. Oh, yep. that's exciting. Um, yeah. And a new house. Oh, these are exciting times. Um, yeah, I, I know how to just jump into everything. <laughs> Change is good. Change is exciting. Yes, it is. Um, what has been one of your biggest mistakes or greatest challenges and how did you overcome it? Are you talking in quilting <laughs> or in life? It, it doesn't matter. However you want to answer it. Um, you know what? Fear is my biggest challenge and I'm still learning to overcome fear. I am a, I'm a worrier. I'm an anxious person and, uh, I'm, I'm still learning how to overcome that and really push my, my boundaries and my limits. And be uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable is a good thing, just so you know. Oh, where did I just read? Um, oh, Kat. So this is somebody that I met when I went to Cricket. And it's Kathy Thrasher. And I'll put her link in the show notes. But every day she writes a post. Um, mm -hmm. And it's usually something um, like a lesson. And she, she's a phenomenal mm -hmm. writer, actually. But she wrote a post the other day, and it was talking about being uncomfortable and that we are made to be uncomfortable. That means that we are doing yes. the work that we should be doing, that we yes. weren't made to be living comfortable all the time. And she like she she usually tells the story about it. Um, oh, and she had the, the story that she told um, on her October 24th is that she there was a, a, a wreck in her hometown and they prayed for it and then that she got a call about a friend that needed her and they um that she really just kind of wanted to retreat in her house but she knew that that wasn't what she was called to do that she was called to do these things they reached out to her that they needed her and that that was uncomfortable but that was the whole reason that we are who we are is to be uncomfortable and change things yeah being uncomfortable leads to growth. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, it always means that we're about ready to grow. So I think, you know, it's it's about perspective, really. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I love that. I think, yes, I love that. And I'll put Kathy serious. I love Kathy's post. And I met her and she she prays for me all the time. I know she does. We talk about it. And I will I will comment. She's like, Oh, I just prayed for you today. And I'm like, Yeah, we met Aww. one time. Like we seriously met one time. It's she she has a great post. But yes, fear I think gets so many of us and being uncomfortable. But um I wish you all the best in this new venture and um I, I just can't wait to see where you go. I love following you. I love what you do. Keep it up and keep inspiring those of us who love your work. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me on your, your podcast. It's been wonderful catching up with you. Uh, you're invited back on whenever you want. <laughs> like, you can call me every week if you want. <laughs> okay. I'll be texting you. <laughs> okay. <laughs>